Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. So you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. We are up, and this is the Beacon Road Show. I am Rich Levesque, and I am here with the amazing Gwen Orweiler. Just want to say hello, and I wanted to remind you all that however it feels, you're doing the best you can today with what you have to work with. Whether it feels like it or not, you are enough, and you matter. No matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does, never forget that, and please take Extra special care of yourself today and every day. And on this show, it, everything's intended to come back to this message and to wrap around this message because ultimately, we're all doing our best to be our best and to be seen and heard, both by ourselves and the world around us. The goal for this show is to honor that by speaking of how that works for us and how it can look. We'll share stories of how we're navigating that journey. We'll also talk about skills and tools that are available to help us along in our own journeys. And that's the thing. There's no one way for anything. We each have to find what works for each of us in our own ways and on our own terms. Like all things, treat this like a buffet table. Remember those back in the day? Those were cool. You know, take what clicks, leave the rest. And however you come about finding this little corner, whatever way you use it, it's an honor to have you here. And it's an absolute honor to have Gwen. I really wanted her to be my first guest on this show. And because what she's done, you know, this woman is a miracle worker. Um, she's helped me work through a lot, a lot of things and. Yeah, life getting through a lot of old stuff and I'm you know, grateful just isn't the word for it. And that's why it meant so much to have Gwen as my first guest. And it's a pleasure to have you, my friend. 
Oh, thank you so much, Rich. And what kind words. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm struggling with trying to see the comments. And I think it might be a Facebook issue. So if something pops up, I'm, I may have to come back and go to it later. And I'm going to apologize in advance. But you know what? Technology, sometimes it, sometimes you ride the horse and sometimes the horse rides you. <laughs> it's all in your mission, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, let's just kind of chat. Um, now, nice, free, easy, you know, question. You can take it anywhere you want, and that's where we're going to go for a while. We're just going to chat. It. Just, you know, two friends sitting here over coffee or whatever this is that I've Blood orange Italian soda from Whole Foods. There it's from go. Whole Foods, so it's got to be good for you, right? There you go. <laughs> exactly. All right. So talk about your passion. What's the thing that sets your soul on fire? And take that anywhere you need to go. Oh, well, you probably know a little bit about that since we've done some work together. What sets me my soul on fire is doing what um, came to me about 12 years ago, which is called EFT or emotional freedom technique or tapping. And I, I, when I, when it was first introduced to me, um, my soul just said, this is exactly what I've been looking for, for my whole adult life. I've been searching and searching, going to therapy, going, reading all the self-help books I could get my hands on, uh, going to lectures and classes and trying to learn why I felt the way I felt, but I had no idea what to do. I didn't know what it was, nor did I know what to do with it. And when I was exposed to um, EFT tapping, I finally started to get what what I was struggling with, and more importantly, what to do about it. And then I, um, <laughs> I joke that I did a lot of drive-by tappings because <laughs> when I first found out about it and I first started getting some relief for myself, I sat all my friends and family down, you know, one at a time and said, sit down, you've got to do this. This is unbelievable. You've got to test this out. You've got to try it out. And so um, I did that for several years before I actually started um, being brave enough to offer it for clients. And I just, I, I just did a session this morning and I just left feeling so, I felt beaming because I was able to help her with something that she's been struggling with since she was 13. And, and it just keeps, it, you know, as trauma does, it just keeps repeating itself until we're able to heal it and big T or little. And so, so anyway, kind of long story <laughs> about what, what I'm passionate about, but I'm really passionate about this. It is, and it's, you know, it's, so true with that you know we'll, we'll kind of start with the whole you know the trauma experience and i think a lot of ways it's you know a lot of ways it's kind of how life wires us we 
you know, we either kick the can down the street or we slam a Band-Aid on it or we buy a nicer car or get a nicer job or get a nicer, you know, we do all these things and they're not, you know, bad things in and of themselves. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, we always tell ourselves, well, we get this, it'll, you know, it'll make it better. And when we get that or, you know, we've, you know, you know, meet the girl of your dreams or whatever, you know, crazy, you know, rom-com crazy stuff we get told. And it's like, it's actually more like one of those psychological thrillers. <laughs> you know, like, you know, something like it, where, or, you know, whether you've seen the book or the movie, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give away a lot here, but what happens is, you know, all these kids had their ex- you know, experience with Pennywise and, you know, the first, I collected clowns, so I never watched it. It scared me. <laughs> I watched the first one with Tim Curry in a monsoon and some therapist made some bank off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, back to the point I was making was, you know, all these kids had this horrible experience and they all went on and they did all these different things and they were successful and they thought they had left it behind and gas is back. <laughs> oh, now I have to, now I'm intrigued. I had no idea what it was really about. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the kids had me watch the the newer version. And it's actually, they did it in two parts. Um, the original movie with Tim Curry kind of like would, was just one movie and it kind of would go back and forth, if I remember correctly. And the newer one is in two parts. The first part was when they were kids. The second part was them as adults. And it kind of basically, you know, were along how I think remember the book going was they kind of just, you know, so what you're talking about then is their childhood program. Exactly. Childhood, yeah. So it, you, whatever yes, it the, the point I was trying to make was, yeah, that's exactly what happens is you don't deal with it. You put nice, you know, stuff around it, but it's still there and it still pops up. And then all this, then next thing you know, you know, that perfect marriage with the white, you know, with the beautiful house and the white picket fence and the 2.7 kids. Well, and it's interesting because as I've been doing this for so long, as you well know, um, is what I've realized is not only is, I could say almost everything or everything, but I'll say almost everything has a thread that leads direct, that's happening to us today that we're struggling with today has a thread that leads right back to some moment in our childhood. And, and it, it not only pops up every once in a while, it's basically driving our bus and, mm-hmm. and more than we would ever have any idea because it's all, you know, programmed in our subconscious and it, in our subconscious that we're not, you know, obviously not conscious of. And so we're going through our days and things um, things that you would have no idea inner child programs would be controlling your 
decisions and your plans and why you do the jobs you do, why, not you, but everyone, um, why we marry the people that we marry, the people, you know, why we have the house with the white picket fence, all those things um, is our blueprint. You know, it's just all kind of set out there. And some of the things are really great. They're really great. And then there's the ones that aren't, that are really keeping us stuck. And those are the ones I like to help people to um, release, you know, discover what they are and release them. And I can say from my own experience, um, you know, it's as you're kind of, you know, hitting all the different pressure points, um, to me, it really felt like, and I like to use this analogy about a boulder all the time. And as you're kind of working through the story and as you hit these different pressure points for those who are um, doing the listening on audio, um, there are certain points that I'm hitting um, around my face and um, through the body. And at some point, uh, if that's okay, Gwen, we can talk through those. Sure. Um, but what I see is each of those points, as you're kind of walking through this, you know, through the experience and working your way out of it, it's like taking a pickaxe to it you know, find, you know you're finding you know because with each boulder it you know from a you know obviously if you're looking at it right up front and you're staring right at you know your granite or rock or whatever it is it's just this big overwhelming monstrosity but as you kind of step back and you look at it you're going to see there's different points to it where there's little weak spots and they always exist if, you know, if you're actually starting to look for them. And that's where you take the pickaxe to them. So that, that's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. And, and that's where you, you know, when you hit the weak points, that's where you start you know, breaking things up. If you yeah. keep hitting the strong stuff and you're trying to like, you know, wail at it and it doesn't go anywhere, and then that's where people are just like, I, I can't do this. It, it's just there. It's just... Yeah. Right, right. And what what tapping actually is, is when you're talking about the weak points and the, the tapping on the pressure points, is uh, EFT is actually a combination of ancient Chinese medicine or acupressure and modern psychology. So what we're doing is we're tapping on the nine acupressure points on our face and upper body while we're focusing on something that is um, traumatic or anxiety or stress producing or something that's really bothering us, keeping us up at night type of things. And we're tapping on those. And what that does is it calms down our fight or flight mechanism, which is in our brain called the amygdala. And it turns it down. I always liked, I think I was, I was a former real estate agent. So I think of it as turning down a dimmer switch. <laughs> and so, um, but what it's doing is it's calming that fight or flight mechanism in your brain. And, and so if we can't 
and the blood leaves the, you know, and for the common way of talking about it, the blood leaves a thinking part of our brain and goes into our arms to fight back or into our legs to run away. And if we can't fight back and we can't run away, we freeze. And so very often in our lives when we're, you know, starting a business or um, doing all sorts of things, those old programs start popping up to stop us. And very often we go into freeze mode because we can't, we don't know which direction to go. And our body puts us in freeze mode to protect us. And, um, and tapping, with tapping, we're able to calm that fight or flight mechanism and to allow us to, you know, release it and let it go so that we can no longer feel like we have to run away or fight back or. Does. Yeah. I remember I was kind of, you know, I was spitting through and I was studying a little bit and I had come across the term amygdala hijacking. Um, Daniel Goleman uses it. Mm. Yeah, I've uh, never heard that before. That's great. Yeah, let me pull up the real quick. Yeah, it was in um, the book Emotional Intelligence. Oh, right. And, yeah. You know, basically, you know, it talks about how the amygdala is part of the limbic system, and once that's triggered, you know, the flight, fight, flight, freeze, and you know what happens is it, you know, it, you know, it's pretty basic. It's you know. There's, you know, it's see bear, do something about bear. And, you know, and like you were talking about all the, you know, energy, you conserve the energy and you're going to use it either to fight or, you know, or run. And what ends up happening is there is nothing going toward the, you know, the frontal lobe or the prefrontal cortex. So you don't have the, you know, you're basically, you're working with your animal brain in the moment when everything's just going to well if a bear shows up you don't want to think i wonder if that's a friendly bear i wonder if i could pet that bear or i wonder if i should run away you don't have time for that boom go now right and that's what your brain is doing it's bypassing the thought process and it's just making you leave now so that you save your life. And, and whether it's a bear or whether it's, a, you know, something that happened uh, when you were five and your dad gave you a look, you know, it can be just as traumatizing. You know, there was a quote that I had in my website at one time that said that saying, no, I don't have time right now to a small child can be equally as traumatizing to a small child as a car accident for an adult. So, you know, and, and all kids are different. And so they're, it's very subjective and depending on what is said or what it's done. Very often the woman that I was working with this morning, she was shocked by being, there was, she was being bullied at school and and she was really shocked by the way these girls were treating her and that just stayed with her and so then as she grew up and had experiences with um other 
other women in her life, she would get that 13-year-old re-triggered again and feel like she was being bullied all over again. Whether they were meaning to do that or not, she was feeling the reality of it in her body. Right. And mm -hmm. it's a lot of times it, you know, it's not that, you know, it doesn't matter what we put out a lot of times, you know, when you talk about communication, it's a whole cycle. Part of it comes back, it, you know, it doesn't matter what you put out if, if you're putting out A, if what's being received is B. Absolutely. As far as they know, you said B. And I'm surprised we can communicate at all in this world based on what I know about inner child programs. <laughs> and if you look at social media lately, I'm not sure we can. <laughs> really good point. Really good point. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of people screaming to, you know, and you know, somebody had made this point to me the other day and um, it was a really you know, important reminder that a lot of times, you know, stuff that comes out as, you know, venom or, you know, whatever, it's, now it doesn't mean stay in the room. Again, you know, kind of like we're talking about, bears coming at you. Hmm, maybe I should understand why that's happening. <laughs> no! <I'm poorly laughs> exactly. We run. But it's also important to understand that, you know, people are very much trying to be heard. And I think there might be a point where they may even be trying to understand themselves. Maybe there's something that's starting to disconnect and, you know, they're trying, you know, and they're trying to not, you know, deal with that because, you know, it kind of. Well, I really appreciate you bringing, bringing up social media because I've done when the coronavirus first, you know, reared its ugly head. I started doing some tapping with groups about what their experience was and their fear around the virus and their um, just the emotions in general about what they were feeling. And every time I worked with someone, it always followed that thread right back to what they were experiencing today, followed the thread right back to something from childhood. And the same with, I don't even have words for it, but the racial tension. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I could, I could speak much stronger, but I'm just going to leave it at that for right now. But that the feelings that we have all go back to, you know, younger traumas of whatever that looks like for people on every in every direction there's there's something from our past that is is traumatizing that's getting re-triggered and so when people are lashing out on social media um or whatever is happening whatever the response is we can follow that back with tapping and find the original wound and what I love about tapping and why I call myself an inner child advocate is if we can find that moment tapping allows it to calm down enough for us to actually um, 
release that old trauma from the perception of however, however old we were when that original trauma happened and basically update our GPS. So we're updating it so we're able to see and feel it from an adult's perspective instead of that terrified child's perspective. And, and I've just found it so interesting that it really, you know, if I can remove my, my own emotional childhood issues from this. And of course. It's, it's just fascinating how we can go and, and then people are able to, you know, the blood literally goes back into the proper place in our brain and we can work at it, which is my hope is to be able to work at it, to have, I want to be part of the solution, whatever that looks like, you know, and, and to be able to um, see it from my adult's perspective instead of being triggered from a scared kid's perspective, you know, so that I can think clearly and logically about how we can work together to solve the problems because we have enormous problems. And I think the, you know, the, the COVID-19 has really started shaking up our house of cards. And so in all different areas, we're, you know, opening up these, wounds and i've been i've been reading a lot about it being a global trauma and what we're experiencing and so our bodies are experiencing trauma that we're going through and and i don't think people really realize that yeah i think in a lot of ways people don't necessarily i mean they kind of see you know in a way their own trauma and their own fears and for some it is absolute fear about you know someone you know they've or some of them you know unfortunately lived the whole experience of somebody getting sick not being able to be around them at their worst moment and all that stuff but also too there's also that the pains that come with it of you know people losing their you know in a lot of ways, their identity. Yeah. Um, that comes from, you know, not being able to, you know, to go to work or they might be Absolutely. unemployed or they, you know, and as much as people like to make jokes about the haircuts and they like to make jokes about, oh, I'm sorry you couldn't go out to dinner. Work, the thing is, yeah, I get that, okay, it might not be up there on a list of priorities. Of course, it's not. I just got my haircut the other day. I'm very excited about, but I hear exactly what you're saying. And so what, but it's also that social fabric is part of our identity. Yeah. And as, you know, it does rip out part of who we, you know, who we think we are and what our lives are about. I had a client in one of the groups that she was so afraid because her health has been compromised over the years. And um, her husband was going out to help other people. And then she was so afraid that he was going to come home and bring her the virus. 
And as we tapped through this, the thread that it led to was a time when, she, because he wouldn't listen to her, because she kept talking to him about not doing this, and the anxiety and fear kept growing. And as we tapped on it and followed the thread, we went back to a moment when she was six years old playing a board game with her family and her little brothers. Well, her little brothers wouldn't listen to her about how she was playing the board game or how they were supposed to be playing the board game. And it was triggering, triggering, her, triggering her really badly. Now, who would have ever imagined that being quarantined with the COVID-19 would have anything to do with a six-year-old's experience of her little brothers not listening to her playing a board game when she was six. But that's what came up. And we were able to process that with her. You know, I was able to help her process that. And so then as an adult, she wasn't nearly as afraid of her husband going out and bringing that back to her anymore. And I just think it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I bet you on the other side, I mean, of course, I'm, of course I'm speculating, but it's a possibility that it probably took a, you know, a degree of stress off of him as well, because <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got to be hard to be able to go back and forth and, you know, do what you got to do and, you know, kind of have that concern in the back of your head, but also too carrying her fears and as much as he may have to put the blinders on. And what fears, what childhood fears is he being triggered with? Yeah. Why does he feel you like know? he has to put the blinders on to get going? What happens in his childhood that, you know, well, all right, I, I need yeah. to shut this out and I need to hyper-focus to be able to get what I need to get done. And yeah, yeah there's a whole... Pandora's and which probably triggers her. I've just been re reading a book recently um, by a man named Harville Hendricks. And he's talking about how when we partner with people, we go out into the world and the sound effects are mine. But, you know, our little radar takes off and it's like, do, 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 do. And we're looking for someone who actually brings to us the same wounds that we got from our childhood. So at both of us together, we're looking for that match. And the ones that, are, that don't work or, you know, if you go on a date and it's kind of lukewarm and it's not a big deal – that just simply means that they don't have as much in common with our original caregivers. At what we're looking for is someone who recreates those wounds for us for the purpose of healing them. And I just think it's just so fascinating. It is. I mean, there's so many different, like, it's why it's so fascinating that there's for a world that processes so many things in black and white, there are infinite nuances to everything that make the, you know, that make the group think obsolete. That's a really good, that's, that's really a, an interesting way of thinking about it too. 
and but the but we are so similar in the at the same time so <laughs> you know we have because we have and this is a, a goofy little thing that i came to me and i don't know if it makes any sense to anybody else but you know how in an alphabet we have 26 letters mm -hmm. and we can make an, an infinite amount of words out of those 26 letters well, the way I see it from doing this for as long as I've been doing it and seeing the patterns, you know, over and over again, is the stories are different. So, but we have a, a relatively limited amount of emotions, you know, that everybody feels fear and love and grief and sadness and, um, you know, you name it. And I don't know what number that is, but there's relatively, you know, a uh, number of emotions that we all draw from. And so when we're tapping in a group, it's so, as you know from tapping yes. in groups, that we get borrowing benefits because our emotions, the stories are different, but the emotions are so, so similar that we can, you know, tap along with someone else and we're actually working on healing our own subconscious at the same time because of those emotions. And so that's where the group think, I think that's where the similarities are, even though the stories are completely or seem completely different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It makes all the sense. It really does. Yeah. Um, so, yes, so just to um, reset for a little bit, um, for those that are listening on audio, my guest is inner child advocate and emotional freedom coach, Gwen Orweiler, aka Miracle Worker. Um, <laughs> You're so sweet. And she can be reached at, it was yourstrongestlife.com. And also, you can be reached on Facebook. Your page is also Your Strongest Life with Gwen, I believe, correct? That's the, the business page, yes. And then I have a community page with mostly clients. Okay. And so what I'll do is, um, if you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching the replay on this or on YouTube, I will come back later and I will make sure I add these, add the tags to that. Uh, we did have a little bit of uh, some technical shenanigans, so we kind of had to start on the fly and change some gears, but the car's running, and it's all that matters. It's a little like life, huh? Exactly. <laughs> and I do want to share, Rich, as well, so I don't forget, is I'm working with someone right now. This brilliant woman came into my life. I think I manifested her. Um, and she is helping me put together my systems and structures, which were an issue for me from childhood. And, um, and so it's been a long road with not being able to deal with systems and structures because when a, as a kid, um, my mom was really angry and she would hit me with a paddle if I made a mistake or do did anything like that. So long story short, I didn't really choose to go down that road very much and uh, you know you burn your hand on the stove once you don't want to go back and so um she is helping me now and we're putting together um a membership 
on my site. So that's in the making right now. And so I'm not quite sure when it will be ready, but that will help people who want to, you know, just dip their toe in and check it out, or if they want to go a little deeper and do some one-on-one -on -one work, um, along with some group tapping, or to really do, you know, like four one-on-one -on -one sessions a, a week, a month, I mean, and, and do groups as well. And so we're working out the de details of that right now. So I just wanted to share that. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Um, both the plan and having a systems and structures person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. She, she's a member of my new mastermind. Well, it's been about six months now that we've had this mastermind group. And she said, oh, and by the way, my past job, I did this. <laughs> and so it was exactly what I've been looking for. And so... It's pretty amazing. The universe is pretty amazing when we focus on that side of it, you know? Yeah, when we kind of let go and trust and not try to tinker with the thing, we have no idea how to play with Hugh, any Tim Allen joke ever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Um, do we want to kind of take a spin through... Uh, you know, a session just kind of, you know, nothing oh, too, goodness. nothing too deep, but just kind of, just so we can, for those a who basic don't overview. know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just kind of talk yeah. about what the process is, and then sure, sure. And so, um, for those of you guys who are watching, um, the acupressure points are nine, uh, and what we call endpoints of the energy meridians that an acupuncturist uses needles, but we use our fingertips. So it's really handy because they're with us all the time. And so when we get, and we never really know when we're going to get triggered. And that means that we're, you know, walking down the street or standing around minding our own business and all of a sudden someone says or does something and instantly that rush of emotion just fills our body. We, we might, oftentimes we call it getting our buttons pushed and you never know mm -hmm. when you're going to get your buttons pushed until they get pushed. And that's what I call getting triggered. And so it's like all of a sudden this rush of anger, this rush of sadness, this rush of frustration, whatever it might be, whatever emotion it might be. And we're like, where the heck did that come from? I was doing just fine. And what happened? And so with tapping, what we're doing is we're tapping on the end points of the meridians. So we have little energy freeways. They're running up and down our bodies and when we're tapping on the endpoints, which are, uh, so how, how, now let me finish this sentence. I'm getting too much going into my head right now. Um, but when we're tapping like on the end of our eyebrow and then the side of our eyebrow and under our eye and under our nose, et cetera, and I'll show the whole, the whole um, map, I guess, if you will, in a minute, but it, it goes all the way down to the bottom of our feet and all the way through our whole body. So that's why 
Gary Craig, who created tapping, um, chose to use those points. And so how we would do tapping is like, for instance, I would talk to you about what you're struggling with, if you will, today. You know, if there's something that's going on in your life today that you've been, and it feels kind of like a repeating pattern. It's like, oh, there I am again. I'm struggling in this area again. I thought I got this, you know, I thought this was gone. I'm done with this. And there it, you know, it is again. And so you would tell me whatever it is that you were struggling with. And we would create a statement called the setup statement. And what that means is a way to, um, do you have anything off the top of your head that we could use as an example, just something simple? Um, okay, we'll start as something as simple as um, getting this show off the ground, going from, you know, a, from a straight podcast to all of a sudden a three-day-a-week you know, event where I'm bringing on guests and stretching all these, you know, parameters. And some of it, I, I feel like this is, you know, what I've always been brought to do, but. 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 There's a but there. There's who, always a but. According to who. It's not like I've done 15 years of radio or anything like that. I'm just a guy with a microphone and, you know, a lot of cool so, friends and a lot of cool stories. So there's that whole, you know, disconnect. So I want to do, I want to be a successful, what, what would you call? Um, I want to, you know, I want to have a successful podcast where people get value from it. But, but something inside says. But something inside says, they're not going to listen to you. Who are you? Exactly. And you feel that who are you? That's a that's a traumatic feeling that you feel. Is that accurate that well, you're feeling? Yeah, I, I can feel it. Like I can, you know, you know, it, it, it's kind of like you can kind of see like, you know, the big adults with their big fingers pointing at you. You're not supposed to do this. Exactly. That's perfectly, perfectly said. You didn't, talk, you didn't know bad voices came with this whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> So, so in just a nutshell, just as a, uh, a demonstration, we create a setup statement, which is, um, even though I would love, I want to create this, this podcast, those voices tell me that I can't. Gotcha. Does that, does that feel, yeah. or who am I to do that? And so that's how we would start, is we start on the side of our hand, and we would tap there with our, our fingers, and just to, for those who are just listening, it's like a tap, 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 about that fast. Yep, right on, the, right on the soft side of the hand, right under the pinky fingers. Right, between your pinky finger and your wrist with your fingertips, and we have energy meridians in our fingertips and in on the side of our hand there. And when we're doing this, it's, um, I lost my train of thought, so I guess that wasn't important. So um, anyway, so we're tapping on the side of our hand, and we're saying the setup statement, which is even though. Even though. 
I want to have a successful podcast. I want to have a successful podcast. But. But. Those voices say, who am I to do that? Those voices say, who am I to do that? I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Accept how I feel. Accept how I feel. So what we're doing is actually saying what, what we're afraid of, basically, but who am I? And we're telling our, our nervous system, but it's okay to feel that way. So we do that three times. So even though, even though I want to have a successful podcast, I want to have a successful podcast, but those voices are telling me, who am I? But those voices are telling me, who am I? I deeply and completely, I deeply and completely accept how I feel, accept how I feel. Even and then the third time, even though, even though I want to have a successful podcast, I want to have a successful podcast, but those voices are telling me, but those voices are telling me, who am I to be successful? Who am I to be successful? I deeply and completely, I deeply and completely accept how I feel, accept how I feel. Excellent. Then we would go to our eye, eyebrow point, which is the one closest to our nose. And we would say this feeling, this feeling. And then you go to the side of your eye and the other side of your eyebrow, right on the little bony, bony, bony point, the bony point on the side of your eye and say, this feeling that I can't be successful. This feeling that I can't be successful. And then down underneath your eye in the middle and just be really gentle. I scoot up my glasses a little bit. And just tap there and say, I'm afraid I can't be successful. I'm afraid I can't be successful. And then the nose, uh, under your nose, um, right in the center above your lip, and you would say, um, I'm afraid I can't be successful. I'm afraid I can't be successful. And then you would go on your chin right on the crevice, right under your lip. And you would say, I want to have a successful podcast. I want to have a successful podcast. And then you would go on your collarbone, which is there's, you can go on either side. There's, you're, the people who are watching, we can go down either side of our collarbone, or I was taught to use one hand and just where a man's bow tie goes. So it's almost like I tell people to, to rest their thumb on the side of their throat, basically, so it's up high enough. And then just pat like a baby's butt. And to um, say, these voices. These voices. That make me feel, what would they make you feel? That make me feel, that make me feel like I don't belong. Um, Lacking, for a shorter word, lacking. Yeah, that make me feel lacking and like I don't belong. Like I don't belong. And then the next one is under our armpit. That's the weirdest one, I promise. So we just reach across our our body and under our armpit where a woman's bra strap goes from front to back, just a few inches uh, below your armpit, and pat like a baby's butt and say, 
these voices that make me feel like I don't belong. These voices that make me feel like I don't belong. And that I'm lacking. Excellent. And then on the top of your head, I'm open to the possibility. I am open to the possibility. On your eyebrow again, that I can have a successful podcast. That I can have a successful podcast. The side of your eye, that I can be successful. That I can be successful. Under your eye, and and I don't have to listen to those voices anymore. I don't have to listen to those voices anymore. Under your nose, they were meant to protect me. They were meant to protect me. It didn't feel like it. Didn't feel like it. But I'm open to the possibility. But I'm open to the possibility. And then under your arm again, that they're not serving me at all anymore. That they're not serving me at all anymore. On top of your head, they've served me for many years. they served me for many years. Under your eye, I'm sorry, on the side of your eye, and they've kept me, I want to say somewhat safe, but what are we going to say? They kept me sheltered. Yeah. And I'm open to the possibility. And I'm open to the possibility. Under your eye, that it's safe now to release them and let them go. That it's safe now to release them and let them go. They're not serving me at all anymore. They're not serving me at all anymore. So I choose to release them in every cell of my body. So I choose to release them in every cell of my body. Every fiber of my being. Every fiber of my being. And safely release them and let them go. Safely release them and let them go. What a relief. What a relief. What a relief. What a relief. That's excellent. Uh, feels like riding a bike, Gwen. Feels like <laughs> riding a bike. <laughs> and I realized that what I, I wasn't quite sure where we were going with this, and I forgot to, in the beginning, what we want to do is feel where we're feeling those things, like when you said that I want to have a successful podcast, but I hear those voices saying, you know, pointing fingers and saying those, those negative things to us. Um, we feel those in our body and where we typically feel them is in the pressure in our head or tears trying to come through or coming through or feeling that in our throat, a lump in our throat or pressure, tightness and tension in our chest or sick to our stomach, kind of nauseous feeling, or that tension across our neck and shoulders where, you know, we're wearing our, yeah. our shoulders and our ears. That you just brace for impact. Yeah, and you don't even realize that you're doing it, but your body's doing that automatic response to a tiger, you know? And so what we want to do is see where we're feeling it in our body and then give it an intensity number of zero is nothing and 10 is really high and give it an intensity number. Then once we go through the tapping sequence, then we can check in again, say the exact same setup statement, and feel in our bodies where we're feeling it. And if we still are, a lot of times it will drop a bit, sometimes it will drop a lot, um, and it guides us to know where to go next. I can kind of walk you through where I was in the process. And I primarily felt it 
in my jaw on both sides and then into my throat. And I would say it was probably about a five or a six. And then, you know, kind of going through the process, it took me down to probably about, I would say about a three. So I kind of and And as we do this, this was just a really generalized, um, you know, example. But when we're working together one-on-one, we can get much more specific. And the more specific that we can get, the more effective tapping is. And so, and you can attest to that. That's yes. it happened for you. And I'm going to, th- I'm going to change gears a little bit. I'm going to throw out a few like random silly kind of questions with apologies to James Lipton and Lewis House. I love James Lipton and Lewis House. So that's but, perfect. Know, it's kind of like that but they're a little bit different. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> that's all right. I've practiced them before, and you know nobody's died, so I, I can't imagine that's going to start today. <laughs> right. I better tap on that. <laughs> right. If you could jump into a time machine and experience one event in person, what would it be? So a time machine in the past or a time machine in the future? Um, too many details. I would say probably go, I would say go back in time. Okay. Any, you know, pick an event or, you know, a a particular scenario. Everybody always asks the person. I want to know where it was you want to be. Like for me, mine is Live Aid at Wembley Stadium in the 80s. Oh, gosh. I don't even know a specific time, but I know in high school I was a huge fan of Elton John's, and so I, I ended up seeing him many years later as an adult, and I would have loved to go to one of his concerts when I, it was like, you know, I was 18 or something. <laughs> that would have been really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. You know, back in the whole Captain Fantastic days. Yes. <laughs> I would have loved that, too. Okay. Um, the one thing that if it doesn't happen over the course of your day, it throws everything off track. I don't have contact with people. <laughs> I'm a people person. Perfect. Um, a drive through that's still hard to pass up. A drive through it can be a fast food. It can be a Oh, I see place. what you're saying. You know what I thought of when you said drive through and it doesn't have anything to do with that, but the movie theaters, when you go to the movie theaters and you drive in, that's what I thought. That's what my old mind said. <laughs> it's going, oh, that man. was fun to go to old drive-ins. Um, a drive through a drive through um, We have a, a drive through Subway sandwiches in Bonnie Lake now. <laughs> and I thought that, I think what? that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I like Subway oh, sandwiches. Wow. That would be cool to go through the drive through I would enjoy that. Um, any era, you know, it can be current, it can be past 60s, 70s, 80s, 50s, whatever. Um, pick a sitcom family that could adopt you. Oh my goodness. Sitcom family. Wow. I haven't thought about this in a few days. So let's see. Um, 
<laughs> At the time, probably, um, what is it, Family Ties with Michael P. Keaton? I could have had a few political debates with him. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. But then again, I, I imagine, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you know, you know, Alex had his sting, but, you know, he's pretty much arguing with mom and dad all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess probably that's why I would have been a good fit for that family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. What brings you joy? Oh, I love the look on people's face when they say, I never thought of that. That is so awesome. <laughs> what brings peace? I'm really focusing a lot on, on my, it's hard to call it work. My, my passion is it brings me peace when people are really struggling, really struggling with some past trauma and that that intensity level is completely gone and everything has shifted for them in just a short period of time. It's just amazing to me. What brings hope? I think there's a lot of hope amidst all of this craziness in the world right now. It feels to me like, um, like I mentioned before, kind of house of cards that are being shook up and things are changing and there's things that are changing that aren't so great, but there's a lot of things that are changing that I feel are very hopeful and very, you know, positive. Sorry about that. And last question. When I was doing trial runs, I made this the first question, and it feels like it better served as the last question. What's the one thing you want people to think of first when they see or think about Gwen Orweiler? Emotional freedom. <laughs> and some fun. <laughs> it, it can be both. That'll work. Emotional freedom. YourStrongestLife.com is where you can find Gwen and where you can connect. Uh, I invite you to, you know, go take a look and, you know, let her tell you her story and see if it resonates. Um, we're going to have all the links up. It'll be in the podcast description and it'll be in the description on the replay. And also, I'm going to have you know, my links up as well. My website is beaconroad.net, where you can find you know, my blogs up there. I'm going to have, you know, I've got emergency and wellness resources, and you know, a little store to buy cool little you know, T-shirts and coffee mugs and things like that. Um, awesome. Also, there's going to be uh, you know, there'll be other. Yeah, social links and a Patreon link that'll be in the description as well. Gwen, thank you very much. Rich, thank you so much. And I feel so honored to be able to be your first guest. And it's just so fun to be able to hang out and 
and share with others. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And that was exactly what I was looking for. Um, take care, my friend. Thank you so much, Rich. And bless, bless you. Be, how do you say that? I'm just so happy for you for your podcast. So I just want to send you blessings for your very successful podcast. Amen. All right. Take care. Thank you.